If you're a first or second time guest with us this morning or if you're watching us on Facebook, we're really glad that you're here and watching because we, if you notice up on the screen, we are going to continue our discussion. I thought last week was just a one-part sermon, but the Lord really spoke to me about just continuing this. So we're going to continue our discussion, discussion on finding my purpose. You know, the leaders of your church were just talking in our last meeting, excuse me, about how this topic keeps coming up with everybody that they're running into in, in our community. They don't know what their purpose is. And I don't care if you've served the Lord for 50 years, you may have never sought him for your purpose here on earth and what you're supposed to be doing now while you're waiting for heaven. So we're just going to hang here for a couple of weeks, make it into a series maybe. Uh, if you missed the introduction last week and you want to listen to it, please let someone know here at the church, give them your information. I can email it to you or make a CD for you. But we really just hope that you're blessed by being in the presence of God today. That's what we really hope. Last week, we started this out by talking about how uh, greyhound dogs chase a mechanical rabbit around a track and people make place bets on what dog's going to win. And how one day, a true story, the mechanical rabbit actually blew up. And the dog, some of the dogs just stopped running. Chaos broke out. Some of them just started howling at the crowd. Some of them started chasing their tails. Some of them just quit and sat down. They just didn't know what to do because their mechanical rabbit blew up. We talked about what that means for us when our plans or our dreams go up in smoke. Do you remember that? We said last week that the rabbits that you are to pursue and hunger for in this life are the fruits of the Spirit. And we handed out a finding my purpose to-do list. So we're supposed to pursue as Christians. That's my finding my purpose to-do list. That's how I strive to find my purpose, is to strive to produce every day the fruits of the Spirit as a follower of Christ. Amen? Right? So I want you to think about all the things that the enemy tries to get us to strive for, and then I want you to think about what the Lord wants us to strive for. We, when we looked at Philippians chapter 1 specifically together and saw the purpose and desire and motivation that the Apostle Paul had for finishing the race, remember that? Remember his desire and his passion that he wants to finish? He doesn't, he doesn't want to ever stop running, and not only that, he wants to finish well, which tells me that he wants to have something to give to the Lord fruit, everlasting fruit, fruit that lasts for eternity. And something hit my spirit, and so I just want to hang out on that thought for a couple of weeks uh, before we go into our holiday series that I think I'm going to do. I don't know. I'm, I know I'm all over the place, but I really just want the Lord to, to confirm this. But I, I believe what we're going to do is because we have so many new Christians and uh, some, uh, a lot of converts from other religions, I'm going to speak on, throughout the holiday series, The Holy Spirit. And it's a book by John Bevere that I really think is going to rock your world. And even those of you that have been following the Lord, you know, you're going to learn some new stuff about the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, make it Christmassy in a way. So let's talk about finishing the race before us for a while. You okay with that? Then we're going to eventually get to where you will get the strength to do it, which is the Christmas series, the holiday series. I remember a book uh, on finishing the race by Dr. David Jeremiah. Uh, I'm going to use a little bit of that for a resource, but also with the word of God, of course. But I want to talk more about purpose. I want to talk more about maybe later on, either next week or the following week, 
bearing fruit. I, I want to help you to understand how you do that. Instead of just giving you a list and say, go do it. We're going to spend a Sunday just showing you how to, bear, how to be a fruit bearer. I want to give you examples from the Bible that we can learn from. Good and bad examples, right? Because not all of those people that we have set up as heroes of the faith were always doing it right. Just like us. Right? Are you ready to receive from the Holy Spirit some truth and guidance for your life? Are you ready? Okay, for today I just want to take a deeper look in what is your purpose. Maybe next week we'll talk about how to live on purpose. Eventually we'll get to what it actually means to bear fruit. Uh, many of us know this saying. We've heard it a lot. And eventually some of you, right when you see it, you're going to boo probably. Go ahead, Josh. You notice that? You recognize that saying? The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Well, someone once said the reason why it looks green is because you're not looking close enough to see the dirt. I've always said the reason why it looks greener is because you're only seeing their front yard. Right, folks? Remember that sermon? Everybody works hard on their front yard because that's the yard everybody sees. But out back, there's dog poop everywhere. <laughs> right? You have to hear that sermon to understand that. When, when, when most of us hear this, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, we always respond right away with, oh, no, it's not. It's never greener on the other side. But for the first time in my life, after reading our text for today, maybe, just maybe, in some cases, it is. Maybe in some cases, before you walk out on me today, maybe in some cases, when I look at your yard, your life, it is a little greener than mine. See, we relate this saying to what most of the time? Marriage, right? Or relationships. That's correct. That's what we relate it to. But really, it relates to everything and anything that our neighbor has in their possession that we don't have. Right? In fact, in light of today's passage, I think this relates to jealousy and envy of another person's possessions or position. What about a position in a church? Why does Dusty get to lead worship? Why is her grass greener? Why does the pastor favor her more than me? Right? Are you saying we don't do this? See, it, it, it's way more than just marriages. What about other people's gifts and talents or even spiritual maturity? And we wish we had what they had. Even though we don't, we don't understand how they got it, we don't understand what it took to get what they have, and we don't understand what it takes to keep it, we want it. My point is this, I think we are all guilty of looking over the fence at some point in our lives. And sometimes when I look at your life, it is greener than my own. But our first lesson for today is this. I should have just titled the message this. I titled it, what did I title it? Keeping your eyes on the ball. I should have just titled it, titled it this. Sometimes when I look at Tiffany's life, it's greener than mine. The title should have been, So What?, so what? Who cares if your grass may be greener than mine? Of course, Jesus would never say that to someone, would he? Pastor Mark, you're mean, but Jesus would never say what you just said. So what? Who cares? Right? <laughs> if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 21. 
And I'll just show you that your pastor is a little bit closer to Jesus than you think. John chapter 21, if you don't have a Bible, the Bible's in front of you. It is page 1075, 1075, if you didn't bring a Bible. We don't expect you to know where John is, so I'm just trying to help you out. No offense, no offense. No offense, just trying to help you. John chapter 21. Some of us maybe have never opened a Bible before. Page 1075. So what? Well, well, Tiffany's grass is greener than mine. Well, when Peter did this, Jesus gave him a lesson on following. He gave him a lesson on his purpose. And it wasn't to stare at his neighbor's yard. Let me repeat that. Your purpose in life is not to just stare at what everybody else has. In your notes, because as believers, we are to make it a priority to accomplish God's purpose and plan for our lives, right? We are to make it a priority and to accomplish. Priority to accomplish. Priority, number one, to accomplish God's purpose and plan for our lives. So, you know, we were talking about marriages. If my husband decides to cheat on me, if he decides to wreck our marriage and just not pay any attention to me, what's my purpose? To accomplish God's purpose in my life, regardless of what he's doing. Now, it's better if, the, if married people go together and find their purpose together, right? As a married couple. You'll, you have an individual calling, but as a, as a couple, you'll also have a calling. By the way, do you know what the purpose and plan is? I'm going to kind of let the, bag, the, the cat out of the bag. You know, the cat out of the bag. Kramer does that on Seinfeld. It is so funny. I laugh every time. Sometimes I rewind it five times just to hear him do that. Do you know what the purpose and plan is? Do you know what will make you a productive fruit bearer? Following Jesus. And only Jesus. Let me repeat that in our society today. Because someday you may get fired for this. Or put in jail. Only Jesus. Let me catch you up on what's happening, especially if you don't know the story. John chapter 1 is John's last chapter. So Jesus has already been arrested. Peter had denied him three times already. Jesus was crucified, buried, and rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Jesus appeared to his disciples when he found them in that upper room, shaken, afraid, hopeless, worried that they were going to be arrested at any time for being a follower of Jesus. And even he, he even a, a, a appeared to Peter, who was probably filled with guilt and shame after denying him three times. Then in today's passage, sometime later, Peter and some of the other disciples, they decided to go fishing. Jesus is gone now, sort of, not really forever, but he just disappeared and they haven't seen him for a while. So Peter kind of goes back to the family business for now, and he starts fishing. And Jesus shows up again for a third time, which is kind of cool if you think about this for your own life. No matter how many times you fail, no matter how many times you fear man over God, no matter how many times you deny him, Jesus just keeps showing up over and over and over in your life. This is, this, this is one of the lessons you can get. Every passage we read in the Bible, you know why it's so hard to pack it into one sermon? Because it, it is loaded with sermons, loaded with just amazing things. The Bible should be the most exciting thing you've ever read in your life. It's crazy when you get into here. That's, that's, a, that's a message right there. No matter how many times I mess up, I'm not going to believe the lie of the enemy that God doesn't love me anymore. 
Jesus loves to show up and restore you. Want to know why? Because he has a plan for your life. And it's not to follow Satan into the burning pits of hell. He loves you way too much to give up on you. And Peter is proof of that. I mean, this guy's frustrating. He frustrates the crap out of me. That's why Paul's my hero. Jesus is amazing. Isn't he, isn't he amazing? The first part of this conversation is a whole nother sermon, but I didn't want to leave it out because it just shows you Peter's personality. It has nothing to do with today's message, really. I mean, it does, but this is a whole nother sermon. But I just want to read it to you so that you understand this man, Peter. John chapter 21, beginning with verse 15. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. I just, I don't know, I just read from a different translation, whatever the Lord puts on my heart, whatever shares what I want to share more and, and make a point. So we'll flip all over, but for today, it'll be the New Living Translation. Verse 15, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Are, are you kind of getting a, a purpose for your life here? Well, this scripture is for pastors. Oh, no, it's not. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. I mean, wouldn't you be a little offended? Thank God nobody at Light and Life would be offended because we are unoffendable Christians. We will be offended, but we're going to fix it right away, right? But we wouldn't be offended. We'd, we'd just shout it even louder, wouldn't we, Tina? Jesus, I love you! But Peter's like, whoa, dude. Why do you got to ask me three times? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. How does Jesus feel your love? When you serve him. That's what I get from that whole nother sermon and his church and his disciples, other people. That's how, that's how he feels your love. He has a love language, right? So serve him. Okay. For today's passage, verse 18, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked, Peter. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Sounds like a purpose statement. Peter, want to know what your purpose is? Follow me. Just do that and you'll be fine. But then, everyone say, but then. Doesn't life just have a way of throwing but thens at you? You have a great time with God on Sunday morning, but then you get in your car and get some bad news. But then you go to work and get a pink slip, but then you go to uh, school on Tuesday and get a doctor's call saying that you have cancer. But then, even though you were close to God, running after Jesus, you're experiencing God, you're loving others, and you're living to serve, but then Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved in verse 20. The one who had leaned over to Jesus during the supper and asked the question about Peter. Peter at the time didn't know, but Peter's obviously remembering now that John was the one that said this. You can just, okay, so you know when we're hurt, we hear things through a different filter. 
So I, I imagine Peter was like, like hearing John say it in such a spiritual way, oh, you're, you're, the Father's fa- you're the Lord's favorite. So you're like, so Lord, who will deny you? I imagine that's how Peter was probably, who's going to betray you, Lord? I know it's not going to be, but who's going to be? Is it going to be Peter? Ooh, so Peter's got to be thinking, the one who started it all with that question about me. The one Jesus loves more. I don't know what's going through Peter's heart. Maybe none of that's going through Peter's heart. Maybe he's just inquiring. Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? What about the grass on the other side of the fence, Lord? It looks greener. What about John, Lord? What about his grass? Watch what Jesus says to that kind of a person in verse 22. Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? In other words, so what? Who cares if his grass may be a little greener than yours? Because his purpose, Peter, is not your purpose. All you need to worry about is your purpose. And Jesus doesn't leave him hanging. He gives him his purpose. As for you, Peter, what does it say? That's it. Pretty simple. Follow me. So the rumor spread among the community of believers that this disciple John wouldn't die. But that isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, if I want him to remain alive forever on earth. What is that to you? This is such a cool exchange. So in this case, I love Peter. I struggle with him, but I love him because he brings out the best of Jesus. Peter is quite the character, isn't he? First to speak up, even if it makes him look like an idiot. First to get out of the boat and walk on water. First to jump out of the boat to meet his Lord. First to say he won't deny Christ, but yet he's the first to deny Christ. He's just so cool. You know why? Because he's just so excited to the extreme that it just gets him in trouble sometimes. Yeah, he's the first just about to just jump. His spiritual relationship with the Lord always had ups and downs, didn't it? Then Jesus is crucified. He's devastated. Then he sees him again. Peter's head must have been spinning, wondering whether Jesus would even want anything to do with him at all, especially after denying him. If anyone has ever gone through an identity crisis, it was Peter. And I think a lot of us can relate to him. I think this story is huge for some of us in this room. But listen, Jesus, go ahead, Josh. This is a huge statement. Jesus was not confused about who Peter was, even though Peter was. Jesus is not confused about your purpose, even though you may be. He still th- had things for Peter to do. Listen, in spite of, everyone say in spite of. In spite, in spite of all of Peter's failures and pride, Jesus still wanted Peter to follow him. This is why it doesn't make any sense to me for people to say, before I come to church, I have to get perfect first. I have to fix some things. Before I come to Christ, I just there's some things I need to work out. No, no. And all you got to do is say to them, so that's a little crazy in thinking Does that mean you take a bath before you get in the shower? (laughs) That's crazy. You don't do that. Jesus wants you to come just like Peter. 
confused, head-spinning, pride, failures. Peter's not done, by the way, really blowing it. In spite of all of Peter's failures and pride, Jesus still wanted Peter to follow him. And in this encounter here, Jesus is restoring Peter's purpose, just like he wants to do with some of us today. In this encounter, Peter finds himself again. He reconnects with the mission of following Jesus, which captured his heart, by the way, three years earlier. He was refocused on what Jesus was still calling him to do. And hopefully, as you listen to this encounter with your spirits, not your mind, with your spirits, you're going to think more clearly about who you are and what it is that God wants you to do. And you can find that by looking at these three questions Jesus posed to Peter about his purpose that he's also asking you this morning. Three questions that will reconnect you to God's purpose for your life. Are you ready? Number one, where have you been? In your notes, where have you been? In the first part of verse 18, Jesus makes an interesting observation about Peter's younger years. He says, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You were free to go and do whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted. Independent and compulsive like most young people, right, adults? Right? Do you remember that lifestyle, adults? Isn't it true that young people think that they have all the answers? They think that they are God's gift to the current, boring, older generation. And we just look at them and we just sort of smile and we're just thinking, man, was I really that dumb when I was their age? Yes, you were. Maybe Jesus was trying to get Peter to look back and remember where he'd been. When he, he, used to, he used to run his own life, and, and if he made a mistake, the consequences weren't so huge. His former life was easier, but as he grew and became older and became more mature, and as Jesus taught him some things about himself, it made life much more serious, right, adults? And Peter was about to find out that after Jesus leaves, his life was going to become much more committed much more sincere, much more important, and much more genuine. Number two, another question you can ask to restore your purpose is, where are you going? Ask yourself, where, where am I going? If you look at second part of verse 18 and the beginning of verse 19, it says, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to let Peter know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Jesus said to Peter, Peter... Before you, could before you could choose, but now I choose for you. Amen. That's what it means to follow me. And it's not going to be a place that you really want to go, like Russia. I just found out that Alan's favorite place is Iraq, right? Is that what you said? Am I, yeah, what? No, Lord, don't tell me to go with Alan. <laughs> <laughs> when you are young, you dress yourself, right? But when you're old, someone else will dress you. That's the normal pattern for life as we age, correct? But in this case, Jesus was talking about something different. The changes coming in Peter's life would actually happen while he was still younger. And he was telling Peter that he also was going to be crucified. You will stretch out your hands was a cultural expression for crucifixion. So remember something. Remember Peter once told Jesus that he was ready to go to death with him. And Jesus told Peter that your time would come in John 3, 13. And in the book of Acts, sometimes af sometime after this encounter that we are reading right now, we see Peter put into jail for following Jesus. 
And later on, Peter was crucified upside down. See, Peter asked to suffer like Jesus suffered, so he got it. But then he said, crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy to suffer the same kind of death my Savior did. Where have you been? Remember what God has brought you out of. Where are you going? Is God choosing for you? Your direction. Number three, what are you doing now? What are you doing? In the second part of verse 19, after really getting Peter's attention in a dramatic way, Jesus pulls him back. Listen, even though Peter was just kind of out there, kind of flailing, Jesus pulls him back into the intimacy of relationship with him. And he said, Peter, 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 just follow me. Don't we do this to our kids when they're kind of messing up and they're like, oh, mom and dad are going to kill me. And you just bring them in and you say, listen to me. I love you. And nothing will ever stop me from loving you. Isn't that what we say to our kids? It's easy to chase whatever rabbit that's placed in front of us. We follow our parents to church. We follow family into businesses. We follow our heroes into whatever we dream about. My point is, and you've heard me say this over and over, everybody follows somebody. Peter followed his family into the fishing business. And then Jesus came along and said, no, I want you to follow me instead. And now Jesus is asking him the same things over again. He's repurposing him, reminding him of his purpose and refocusing him. The first time Peter was called to be a fisher of men, remember that? And now if you read the, the part that we've started out with, he's, actually, he's asking Peter to shepherd his sheep. And right between the two callings, the first calling and the second calling, listen because you can relate to this, right between the two callings is a lifetime of failures and victories for Peter. Can you relate to that? But in spite of, in spite of his mistakes, Jesus forgave and restored Peter to his position of leadership among the disciples. And Jesus does the same thing for us. He calls us to follow Peter, follow him as he called Peter. This is what he's calling you to follow. You ready? He calls us to follow him into salvation. He calls us to follow him into service. And he calls us to follow him all the way to eternity, to his father's house. There's your calling. There's your purpose. That's how you follow Jesus. So if you're here today and you've never asked the Lord into your heart, your first step is right there. Receive him as Lord and Savior. Just say, I'm done trying to do it on my own. Sounds much easier to just follow Jesus and his commands. and His. Then I don't have to come up with anything. I don't have to figure anything out. He's just going figure, to figure it out for me. I'll do my part and let him do the rest. Christianity is not difficult the way the enemy in the world makes it out to be. And then you ask him, where do you want me to serve? How do I serve my neighbor? How do I serve at my work? How do I serve at my church? How do I serve the person that's sitting right next to me right now in this chair? And guess what? Some of you are sitting next to your spouse. How do I serve my husband? How do I serve my wife? You hear my wife amening this? She's loving it, and she's going to hold me to it. <laughs> That's why you don't want to be the pastor preaching this stuff. In this passage, Jesus is calling Peter to serve him, his church, and others. Those are the three questions that can reconnect you to God's purpose for your life. Now, Peter's restored, right? He's restored back to good graces with Jesus. He's even sitting and eating breakfast with him, and now he has his purpose. He's straight. All is good. No worries. 
Jesus gave Peter very clear instructions on his purpose. Three times Jesus said, take care of and feed my sheep. Now just go do it. But Peter can't just stop being Peter. He's still in the flesh, right? And he just can't help speaking his mind. We read another conversation about Jesus, or between Jesus and Peter, beginning in verse 20. Peter asked Jesus, but what about him, Lord? Can you imagine Jesus? He had to have walked away a couple times and went, what? Are you kidding me? Peter, Peter, Peter. I mean, we probably do that for, with our spouses. We get in the car and go, are you kidding me? Peter says, what about him, Lord? And he's referring to John, who was standing right there. So I want to give you three lessons in closing to need. By the way, when a free Methodist pastor says in closing, we have another 20 minutes, so just hang in there. Three lessons Peter needed to learn that we should learn as well. We won't be that long, I don't think. Three lessons to help you to keep your eye on the ball, your purpose. Number one, God has a complete purpose for your life. Can you remember that promise? He has a complete purpose for your life. Jesus' reply to Peter was short and to the point. What did he say? What is that to you? You follow me in your notes. Peter needed to know that God had a plan for both him and John. He only needed to be concerned with his plan. Please let that sink in. This will keep you from a lot of envy and jealousy and get you off of your purpose. Peter needed to know that he had a plan for both him and John. And he only needed to be concerned with the plan that God gave him. Listen, Jesus, I, I hope we know by now with Peter's life, now that it's over on earth, I hope you know now that Jesus could not afford to have Peter's attention diverted to anything else but his plan. You have no idea where God's going to have you. And if you chase the world's plans for you, then you'll never find out. But you, you, it, it'll be crazy. I, I think one of the reasons why God doesn't show us is because we can't handle it. And people actually run from their callings when God does reveal it. I look at other people's callings and just sitting and listening to Alan the other night, I'm just thinking, man, Lord, I am so glad you called him to that. And I am so glad you called me to Little Dubois, Pennsylvania. Remember, I don't know what it took to get Alan to that point, and I don't know what it takes to maintain that calling. And I don't know if I want it. I'm not saying it's a bigger, better calling. I'm not saying his grass is greener. It's his calling. And I'm just going to fulfill my calling. Jesus couldn't afford to have Peter's attention diverted to any other rabbit but the one he put in front of him. And to stop worrying about God's will for someone else's life. You see, Peter has had a history of taking his eye off the ball, didn't he? So to speak. Luke 5, 8 says, Peter actually told Jesus to depart from him. He called Jesus a sinful man. Can you imagine saying that to Jesus? When Peter got out of the boat to walk to Jesus on the water, he took his eyes off of Jesus and sank, began to sink. I wonder if you can relate to this next character reference on Peter's uh, resume. Just see if you can recognize this as you're in your own life. Peter was a good starter, but he wasn't always the best finisher. Peter was a good starter, but not always the best finisher. I think sometimes that's when God calls us to things, we start them out really well, but then something, but a but then comes, and we just kind of stop doing it. 
And that's when your pastor and hopefully the pastor's cabinet and the leadership team, when they hear you say it, go, well, wait a minute. I thought God told you to do that. What happened? Isn't this true when you look at Peter's life, except for the end of it? So Jesus' sharp and snappy answer to Peter may have been because Peter was losing focus again. And remember, Peter had a relationship with Jesus. So you don't just go up to somebody at work and go, so what? Get over yourself. You don't do that unless you have a relationship with someone. Okay? My pastor said, so what? Yeah, well, they'll never come to your church. Okay? Peter was losing focus again. Squirrel. Right? That's Peter's life. Squirrel. Right? That's what his life was. If Peter was alive today, I'm convinced he would have been diagnosed with ADHD and on meds. Just when Jesus restores him again, he's worrying about all the wrong things. And Jesus is just trying to get Peter, Peter to do what? We hate this word. It's a four-letter word. It starts with an O. Obey. When I don't want to obey. Are you hearing this? So I just came up with this. One of the quickest ways in your notes. One of the quickest ways to find your purpose in this life is to obey God's word. Just obey God. Obey his word. Obey his voice. In order to know his voice, you're going to have to hang out with him. Are you getting this? Peter was looking at John's greener grass, what he thought was greener. And he was worried that John was going to get a better and more exciting assignment than the one he got. Now, before we're too hard on Peter, let's, let's remember something. We are prone to the same thing. Right? Am I right? Looking around to see if others are more successful, they're more appreciated, they're more important than we are. And if we're wise, we'll keep Jesus' words to Peter in our minds. What is that to you? So what if they got the promotion and you didn't? Well, I was next in line, Jesus. I put my time, so what? How about just keep your joy and be faithful right where you're at? There's a reason that you weren't ready. And it was no reason that your boss was. I stopped it. I don't know. Maybe your boss is blind, but you still have to stay where you are and have your joy and be a fruit bearer. So what? Why not celebrate them? Why not take them out to lunch and congratulate them with a sincere heart after you've worked it out with the Lord and got rid of your envy and jealousy? Don't do it out of envy and jealousy because they'll hear it in your voice. They'll know you're a fake Christian. Get right with God and then take them out and celebrate them. You see, many Christians at some point had or have lost the purpose or drive or a sense. It's, this is in your notes, by the way. Many Christians have lost their sense of their own personal relationship with the Lord. You want to know why? Because they're not living with intentionality. We live our lives without thinking intentionally that God has a purpose and plan for our lives individually. I want you to think about that. Did God, did God call John and Peter together at the same time? No. He calls us individually. He gifts us individually. And you know what? He even responds to us individually. Just as he did with the disciples. Also in your notes. Listen closely. Here's one of the key statements of the day. If we learn to live a moment-by-moment -moment relationship with Jesus... We wouldn't lose our focus so easily. 
moment by moment, every day, even if you're at the cash register at Wendy's restaurant, you're asking the Lord, how can I be a fruit bearer? It's hard to do when you're working, isn't it? But we have to. We have to be mindful of God every moment of every day. Now, how do I know there's hope for you and me? Because Peter was a work in progress just like we are. Do you know that Peter learned and matured and grew in this? How do I know? I'm really glad you asked because I wanted to show you this scripture verse. Watch this. Watch this closely. This is the Peter later. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder. It must not be for stealing or making trouble or guess what? Worrying about John's calling. If you suffer, it must not be for prying into other people's affairs. You see, Peter grew, didn't he? He matured. God has a complete purpose for your life. Another lesson to help you keep your eye on the ball. Number two, your purpose is God has a creative plan for your life. Look at Jesus' statement again in verse 22. If I want him, John, to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? There's another gold nugget here for Peter and for us. God has a creative plan for each of our lives. So what if I want to let John live forever? He has a creative plan for you that is not my plan. So if you just look at the lives of uh, Peter, John, and Paul, if you just look at that, Peter was an evangelist. The first time he preached, 3,000 people were saved. Do you know later on he, he shared a message and 5,000 men came to the Lord? Can you imagine those numbers? Paul didn't have Peter's gift for evangelism. Paul was a missionary. He was a builder. He was a church planner. He was a teacher. He did evangelize, of course, but he primarily established and organized churches, and then he taught them through his letters to them. Paul was a theologian. He was a writer, but he never won 3,000 people to Christ at one time like Peter did that we know of. The point again, they were individually gifted and therefore different. And then there was John. John was known as the mender. He was a lover. He was a peacemaker. He was totally different from Paul and Peter. You see what Jesus is trying to do here? Jesus was trying to get Peter to recognize that he wasn't John. And he wants us to recognize the same thing in your notes. God hasn't called us to do someone else's job. He's called us to do our job. What is the key to that? Follow him. Pretty easy. If you follow him, you will stay on your creative path that was, that was meant for you to walk on. God has a complete purpose. He has a creative plan. Last lesson to help you keep your eye on the ball. God has a clear priority for your life. Number three in your notes. God has a clear priority. In your notes, it doesn't get any clearer than that, right? What does it say? Go ahead, Josh. Follow me. That's a pretty clear priority. The term Christian, by the way, do you realize is just a cultural label of personal faith? Because there are so many so-called Christians in our world who are not followers of Christ. And it's a problem when we can't see the difference between the two. So I want you to know something this morning. Are you ready? Christianity is not a population label. It is not a religion. It is not a set of religious practices and rules. It is none of those things that the world thinks it is. Christianity is not preaching. It's not performance. It's not even praising. Here's what Christianity is in your notes. 
It's a relationship with a person. The person is? The person is? Oh, man, if you would have said Muhammad at that point, I would have had problems. Don't leave me hanging on that one. Jesus. Christianity is Christ, and listen to me, Christ alone. Remember what we said is the popular thing now, to believe in many gods and more than just Jesus. If you don't like Jesus, if he ticks you off, then you can just choose something else. Jesus' words to Peter and his word are his words to us in your notes. Follow me. Follow me is a reminder that Jesus is to be our focus and our leader. Follow me means that we are, we are to turn our backs on everything else that might compete for our interest. So that we can truly follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I don't know if you've noticed, but in our culture, it has become acceptable to call yourself a Christian and other things at the same time. But you can't be a Christian and anything else you want to be. Being a Christian means following one person. Now, is what I'm saying narrow? Is, am, I, am I being narrow-minded? You bet. Because that is, a, that is as narrow as Jesus was with Peter. So it's time to allow Jesus to ask us, as he asked G Peter, what is that to you? Follow me. It's time for us to consider the answer to that. How would we answer Jesus? Are we going to find and fulfill our plan and our purpose for our life? If we are, then we're going to have to make Christ our priority. And that's what he wants to know. The same thing he was presenting to Peter. Will you make me priority in your life? Otherwise, you're on your own and you're still acting as a child doing whatever you want to do. Will it be harder sometimes if you follow me? Yep. But I guarantee you the reward is a lot better than the consequences of following yourself. Let's stand and pray. Once again, you don't have to do this. Dusty, what are you feeling? Are you feeling to come and play? I thought, I thought so. What, why don't we have the worship team come? But I want you to pray this with us when you're up here on stage. If you want to, I want you to place your hand on your heart. We're going to end with this. You don't have to stay around and worship with us, but uh, maybe God's going to do something. Maybe you need to come to the altar and just seek God more for this. Come and grab one of us if you want prayer, if you've really been struggling in this area to find purpose and meaning in your life. Maybe you've just, you're fighting depression because you're, you're struggling because a job hasn't opened up or you didn't get a promotion or uh, I'm just trying to ask God right now in the spirit what's going on in, in every one of your hearts. Uh, maybe you're waiting for that spouse, a marriage, and it just hasn't happened, and you're just, you're just depressed all the time because that's all you've ever wanted. I, I think of my daughter Abigail, 27 years old, and still waiting for God to bring her the man of, in her life. She's not losing her joy. She's in Australia pursuing his, her purpose and plan. Mm. She, she's just going to let the husband think. She's just going to leave it up to her master and Lord. But I know she has moments of why, God. It's all I've ever wanted was a family. Maybe that's you this morning. Can you just give it to God and just pursue his purpose and plan and don't lose your joy? Maybe you're looking at other people's spiritual maturity or their spiritual gifts and you've wondered why you're not gifted like they are. Can we just forget them? Can you just, just take an eraser and just wipe them off the map and just put follow me on your map? 
And just follow God and say, God, what is your purpose and plan for me? Just refocus me today because I'm sick of looking at everybody else and being depressed over how good they are and how bad I am. And I'm sick of believing the lies of the enemy who's been telling me that I'm, I'm not worthy, that I don't count, that I'm not your child because I messed up. Man, look at Peter. He was messing up right in front of the physical Jesus. And Jesus just kept bringing him back and going, Peter, 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 Peter. It's not about John. This is about you and me. And just allow God to refocus you. Stop comparing yourself to others. Maybe you've lost a loved one or maybe you've lost someone in your life. Maybe a sudden death, family member or something, and, and you've just been stuck. You've just been stuck there. Listen, the pain of that, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. But you know what? God still has a purpose and plan for your life. And I'm guessing, and I'm just guessing because I know how my master works. My father, he likes to take that horrible thing that the enemy has allowed you to put you in quicksand, and he wants to pull you out, and he actually wants to use that as part of your story, as part of your witness to save 3,000 people. But if you stay stuck, and if you wallow in that, then your story's not going to be told, and people aren't going to come to Christ, and you're not going to be a kingdom builder. You may make it to heaven, but you're going to have little reward to offer to Jesus. So can we just get out of that miry clay, that, that quicksand, and just say, you know what? This happened to me, so what? I need to use it now to build the kingdom. I don't mean so what as in it doesn't matter. It does matter. But use it. Use it for God's glory. Wherever you're at this morning, if you're willing to, place your hand on your heart. Once again, there's just something that Dr. Shelley has taught us about putting our hands on our heart. It makes it personal. It's between you and God. Are you ready? Repeat this prayer after me. Lord. Lord. By the way, when you say Lord, you're saying he's your master, right? Yes. You're going to follow him. Lord. Lord. Thank you for giving me a complete purpose. Thank you for giving me a complete purpose. A creative plan. Creative plan. And a clear priority for my life. And a clear priority for my life. I will strive to follow you. I will strive to follow you. With all of my strength. And with the help of the Holy Spirit. And with the help of the Holy Spirit. But, but when I forget my purpose. When I forget my purpose. Help me to remember. Help me to remember where I've been. Where I've been. Where I'm going. Where I'm going. And what I am doing. What I'm doing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you want us to pray more with you, please come up. Otherwise, you're dismissed. I just ask you to be sensitive to the people that are at the altar. Next week, we're going to look at how to live your life on purpose. You don't want to miss it. Remember, make church and God your priority. Everything else comes second. Right? Amen. Love you guys.